This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. The book Gagman by Dolph Fedler and his daughter Joanne Fedler is set in a World War II concentration camp. It revolves around a prisoner who discovers that he can keep himself alive if he can make the commandant laugh by, uh, the commandant laugh by telling jokes. Dorf has been a cartoonist for 50 years, and all of us who grew up on the Star newspaper are familiar with his work. While reading the book, I couldn't help but wonder exactly what the relationship between Dorf and Gagman was. Dorf and Joanne, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Dorf, thank you for having us. Dorf, is this you? Are you? What is the relationship between you and Gagman? It took me a long, long time to realize that Gagman was a metaphor for myself because I had to meet deadlines every day and not that I, I was going to be killed if I didn't, but it felt like I was going to be killed. I'm very much someone who's lived with deadlines and trying to satisfy editors and an audience. So yes, there's a large part of me in there. Does it make you more vulnerable when writing a book like this? And have you found it difficult or easy to be exposed different aspects of your life in the book? No, I'm past that. I've discovered writing. I want to be known as Dolph Fedler, the writer. The cartoonist is long dead. And um, I try and write. Writing demands that you be as honest as you can. So nothing, everything's up for grabs. You can get away with anything. So I've never felt restricted by that. Did you find this book therapeutic? Writing this book? I don't know. When I wrote the last bits of it last year, I took it towards the end. It was therapeutic. It wasn't therapeutic. I was just learning about things that had happened to me, and particularly my religious experience, which I incorporate into Gagman. It was devoid of all of that until the very end. So, yeah, I suppose it was therapeutic. <laughs> the short answer, yes, it was therapeutic. Because it took 35 years. Um it, it was a long process of, of therapy. But I mean, I think the idea, of course, is that um, jokes always are a buildup and then a release of tension. And that, I think, is something that my dad plays with a lot in the context of uh, a situation which under no circumstances could you find it funny. And that creates its own tension, of course, that if you are a funny person and if you are being forced to be funny in circumstances that are the absolute antithesis of humor, what do you do? I literally, where your deadline means you will be alive or dead. For me, this book you know, raises such profound and deep questions like, what is a joke? What is funny? What can be laughed at? What is speakable? What would you do to survive? What is a sin? Is it a sin to make a joke about something that is sacred? You know, uh, I think, and I think that these are questions that are asked in Gagman. And and to me, that is why I think this book is such a, you know, I think it's a masterpiece that my father has produced. And I think that is why it's also taken so long. You know, Leonard Cohen took 10 years to write a song. So it took my dad 35 years to write Gagman, which is a little bit longer than a but, song. But he had to have a daughter first called Joanne. Great editor. <laughs> great, great Great editor. Well, Joanne, you are an accomplished author yourself. Was it very hard for you to write a book together with your dad when it's his story that he's been holding on to maybe for 35 years, or not holding on to, but developing or introspecting around for 35 years? First of all, I did not write Gagman. This is 
a story my father wrote. And he gave me about 97 versions of it. And what I did was I then crafted the final gag man. The, you know, I had to distill it down to what we have now. It was a forensic surgical job. There were times when I, he allowed and he gave me complete freedom to just, you know, write. You know, what I did was I wrote bits and pieces. I wrote connectors. I discarded excess. I made connections between things that were already there. This is such an original piece of work. And I, I could never, ever have written anything like this. I think that this is a unique piece of work. And I came up with ideas to help complete the book. I came up with ideas for structure. Uh, I, I might have written a few bits and pieces here and there, but um, I just, it was almost like I entered into the mind. I feel like, you know, you know, you have like things like other projects, creative projects like movies and plays where, where groups of creative people, songs, bands get together and they create music together, the Beatles, you know. But the thing about a book is that it is a very, very lonely process. And a lot of people get stalled in that loneliness because you have no feedback. You're in a kind of a, in a way, a kind of like a self-referential loop that if you don't get outside feedback, it's very easy to get stuck. You have no point of reference about whether this is any good, whether it's going anywhere, et cetera, et cetera, which is, um, so that's part of what I do is I mentor people who are in that process just to kind of help tilling the soil, keep the thing moving because otherwise you can get stuck. But it was quite an, a unique experience to first of all be given you know, complete free reign to take all of these versions and create something because I think otherwise my father would have abandoned it. He would have left it. He'd kind of given up on it because it was just too hard. And a book can get like that. If you've worked on a project for 35 years and you've got an enormous box like this and there are 97 versions of it, it is indefinitely in what you would call the too hard basket. So you need somebody First of all, who's not getting paid to do it because there isn't an amount of money you could pay somebody to do this kind of job. Uh, it was a labor of love. It was a calling. It was a felt it's like an intergenerational injunction to me that my father received from the Rebbe when he had a you know meeting with the Rebbe many years ago to finish this book. And I felt like I was the one that was kind of yanked in from the side and, go, and, 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 and told to help him finish this book. It needed a team. This book needed a team and I was part of that team. Yeah, and, and I must congratulate you because the book is read so easily. It's not an easy topic to read, but the pages turn themselves and it's a one sitting book. You're not going to get up and do something while you're reading that book. I certainly didn't. I read it from beginning to end. And as wow. I was reading it, Dove, I felt that I was getting to know you better and better and better. And usually I read a book from the back to the front but this time I didn't but by the time I got to your story I felt that I was putting your pieces together I was like oh I'm not surprised that you grew up in the shadow of the holocaust I think the question that I'd like to ask you and I'm sure it's one that you get a lot of is you telling your story why did you feel the need to put it in a concentration camp I have no idea I was sitting in a hotel room in Jerusalem uh, we didn't go in as two because my wife had eaten something evil in the in the shook and I was at a loose end and I'd never written anything before and this was uh, I saw the Rebbe in 1979 and he said finish your book this was now 1986 that's how many years later whatever uh, seven years later and uh, the story just popped into my head and I wrote down the first line is exactly what it is in the book now 
in the camp I was known as a collaborator, and I knew what the ending was. And I had both parts, but in between, I just wrote the story from where it came. Did it come from the depths of uh, my uh, depression, whatever? I have no idea. It, it's just, you know, as good ideas often do, they just, they, they just are there. You talk about, I mean, the, it came into your head, um, the first line as it was. Holocaust literature is very sensitive at the best of times. Holocaust jokes at the best of times. We have to walk around. And yet the, the, the protagonist is a collaborator. Did that not just add an extra complicated dimension to your book? Or was there something specific that you wanted to explore? I wanted to have the freedom to explore ideas that have popped into my head, like the things that I, 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 I find difficult to believe. I believe, uh, hard to believe Moses held up a stick and the water parted and the Jews walked through it and Jonah got swallowed by a whale. And with all you know, the, 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 this, this religious belief, uh, uh, I can't buy it. I might as well believe in Jack and the Beanstalk. That, that was my thing. So I expressed a lot of that in like, the gang man's notes. And, 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 and I've I got my feelings about things stated in, in, in the humor Again, right back to the, the garden, tree of knowledge and good and evil. That, I, I love that part. It's just, uh, I felt was, uh, where did that come from? You know, it just well, can I, You know, I just want to say that I think what is interesting about this book is you do get a sense, Reese, of the of the kind of complexity, the holographic nature of my father's mind. I mean, we are talking about uh, somebody who, you know, has this Kabbalistic element, who has this um, artistic element. His influences have been so varied. He's an incredible reader. He has got an incredible memory. He's got, you know, there's this weaving of myth and history and imagination and comics and, you know, relig what religious text. What? <laughs> What she's describing is the mess that is my mind. Right, <laughs> the mess that is your mind, but it's a, it's a marvelous mess. And it's very well, probing thank, into. Thank you. I mean, it's it's really probing, as you said, Joanne. You used the word profound questions. What I liked about the end, I mean, maybe you can just give me some insight in why you chose to do it. Superman. I mean, I have read the book Cavalier and Clay and the Golem and all the rest. What, what, what is that salvation for you? Is it, um, what is that for you? I don't know. You know, it, 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 it's, when it's happening, when you're sitting and doing it, it, it all kind of happens. You don't say, how did I think of this? Where did it come from? And how do I feel about emotionally? How do I feel about this or that? You don't. You're in the in the process of the work, it's just work. So I don't know what my emotional state was. I can go back and say, yeah, well, I've been struggling with many things in my life, and I was looking for answers. And Joanne said, she said when the Rebbe said, finish your book, Dad, he said, was talking about this book, and Joanne helping me to finish. So now I get sucked back into that Kabbalistic thing do I believe? Do I not? It's just a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> well, the thing about Superman, um, Charisse, that is so interesting. And, and this is as a, I mean, it's hard as a writer to talk about the creative process because it is very mysterious. And I, I think this book in itself is very mysterious. There are parts of it that are hard to 
understand, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with the part where he enters into the commandant's mind and we're talking about the past, the present and the future at the same time and Schrodinger's box, you know, it, there's a lot going on here in, in this book. But the fact is that, you know, you've got somebody who grew up in the shadow of the Holocaust at the same time as he was literally, you know, grew up as comic books came into the world and he, he gorged on comic books, comic books were, were his life. And so it, I guess at some point would be inevitable that these two forces would somehow kind of lock horns. But I think the magic, there was a magic moment. And sometimes as a writer, you can pinpoint that magic moment when a, when a story literally just like bursts out from you. And this is maybe then where you make these unusual connections which is what they say kind of like a genius idea is when you just have these very unusual connections was when he read this fact that Goebbels stated this Superman is a Jew that that the minister of propaganda felt it necessary to denounce a comic book hero a fantasy figure uh, and that was so threatening to him. And in I, I can just imagine because I, my, you know, my, my father's always full of stories and ideas and things that. And, and as a writer and as a thinker and as a creative person, when when unusual things like that happen, you 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 kind of recognize that there is something almost electric about Absolutely. that fact. You don't know how it's going to you don't know how it's going to manifest in the writing, yeah. but you know that that yeah. fact somehow is going to be that's like important. A, it's like a clue. On the on the button there. When I, when I read uh, Goebbels Superman is a Jew, it popped out. It just popped out and I knew yeah. that it was that something had to happen with that. And then then you read Nietzsche, you know, and then yeah. you read Nietzsche. And then yeah. Nietzsche also talks about, you know, the, the you know, about what the other meaning of life. And then you put all these pieces together, Superman, Nietzsche, the meaning of life, the Holocaust, and As, what you get is Gagman. What's that? <laughs> your whole my whole life has centered towards this experience. I don't, please God, I don't have many years left because it's enough already. I've, I've, I've fulfilled every, I've, I've ticked every box as far as I'm concerned. And this one, I couldn't, when this book arrived on my birthday, that Joanne arranged that I would give the book on my birthday, I just felt complete. And, 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 and she's helped me complete the circle. It's been a, and my life's been an amazing ride. I've had everything that I needed to produce Gagman. It all filters through that. What I'll write hereafter will never come close. I will never have a subject like that again. You know, it's just too big. And, it is the and, book and, you were born to write, Dad. I think every author has a book they were it. born to write. Write one book, Joseph Heller, Catch-22, Leave the Rest Alone. Uh, what's his name? He wrote Catcher uh, in the Rye. Yeah, Salinger. Uh, Salinger. Yeah. Never wrote anything worth after. This was the book I was born to write. I'm going to leave it there, but I'd like to thank both of you, Dorf and Joanne Fedler, for joining me to talk about the book Gagman and also just really congratulate you. It's a genius, it is a genius piece. As I said, not an easy read, but it's an easy to read. Um, it, it flows from beginning to end and just, yeah, I, I encourage people to get the book. If they would like to get it, Joanne, where should they get it from? 
Well, they can get it from the Johannesburg Holocaust Museum. They can also go to any bookshop and ask them to please order it from Protea distributors. But we also know that it is available at Love Books in Melville in Johannesburg and at the Book Lounge in Cape Town. Thank you very much. That was Dov and Joanne Fedler talking about the book Gagman.